Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. The times don't cause the trouble. This is uh, another short series of conversations that we're going to have here on Tent Talk under the big tent of God's presence where he disciples, matures, and educates his sons for the hour in which we live. The times don't cause the trouble because my friends, the trouble has been in us since the moment that Adam and Eve chose to live separate from God. They thought they could handle life on their own and an alien nature came into them. And that nature, my friends, is not the nature of God. So the times don't cause the trouble, but oh, the times surely do expose the trouble. Take a listen to these episodes, and I pray they will open your eyes and ears to Him in the Spirit, and you will embrace what He's doing in you. Love you all. So the times don't make the trouble. Let me explain that. Oftentimes we read the scripture in 2 Timothy in chapter 3, I believe, uh, about verse 2 and on, and we think sometimes that the end times are what make the trouble inside of man. But the description that's given for the people that it's talking about here, uh, talking about those who uh, oppose Uh, what Timothy is building, what Paul is encouraging him to do, and and Paul is letting him know. Now, remember, uh, in these certain times, you're going to see this trouble much more readily, much more clearly. But my friends, let me say it again. The times don't make the trouble. The trouble inside of man has been there since the moment that Adam and Eve chose to separate themselves from God and an alien nature came into them. The times that we're in, just like in times previous, uh, in every generation, there comes the adversary, right? And he is stirring up all kinds of trouble. But the greatest uh, trouble, my friends, is the trouble that lies within man. Either he is still 100% separated from God with an alien nature, or even more grievous, those who are born again, who name his name, who continue to live after the dictates of their flesh, meaning the residual, the residual that is left in soul and body, even though they have a new nature, the very nature of God himself, they continue to live according to the dictates of the flesh. And what we're seeing in times like now, in times of great pressure, uh, times of throwing off all restraint, and, and first and foremost, I'm talking about the house of God. Judgment begins in the house of God, and then we will get to the world. And when the church throws off all restraint, when the church begins to normalize sin, um, then, my friends, what's happening is, is again, the times don't cause the trouble. The trouble has already been present, is we begin to see what's always been true of man. So the disillusionment that we are basically good people has to happen, 
or we will never see the true need for what Jesus has come to bring to us as his church, as his brethren, as his family, nor will we live as such in this day and time. So in 2 Timothy 3 verse 2, when it says, for people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered, my friends, this has always been the nature of man. When it goes on to say lovers of money and aroused by an inordinate, greedy desire for wealth, that's an out-of-order desire for wealth. My, my friends, that's always been true. When it says they're proud and arrogant and contemptuous boasters, uh, that's always been true. So it goes on to say they will be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. And one of the meanings of profane is self-indulgent. My friends, that's always been true. The times have not caused the trouble. The times are revealing the trouble that has been hiding under the goodness of man, under the cloaks of pretension. All right, let me go on. Verse 3, it says, They will be without natural human affection, callous and inhuman, relentless, admitting of no truce or appeasement. They will be slanderers, false accusers, troublemakers, intemperate and loose in morals and conduct, uncontrolled and fierce haters of good. So, my friends, you understand this is describing the very nature of man himself apart from Christ. It goes on in verse 4 and says, They will be treacherous, betrayers, rash, and inflated with self-conceit. They will be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements more than and rather than lovers of God. For although they hold a form of piety and true religion, they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. Their conduct belies the genuineness of their profession. Avoid all such people and turn away from them. Now, there's some pretty strong language right after that, and maybe on another episode I'll get to that. Um, but th this is very strong language, but I would uh, say, well, then just, just go back over to Ephesians 2, uh, verses 1 through 3, and read the description uh, of the judgment that God brings upon the nature uh, that man had, if you will, in his deadness, okay? Uh, it's, it, the, the scripture is not about are you bad or good, because good and evil were on the same tree in the garden. You're either dead or alive. Now, again, the saddest part is when those who are alive in Christ continue to live like dead men. They, they live as though they're still separate from God in conduct and in nature. And so, bye, Caitlin. <laughs> I'm blowing kisses to my granddaughter out the window as I'm recording. I love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So, this is where we see God's judgment upon the condition of man separate from Christ. Because we are not bad people trying to be good, negative people trying to be positive. We were dead, separated from him by a nature that we inherited from Adam. Until that is rectified by being born all over again, where we receive the nature of God himself, which was always plan A, then there, there is, you know, there's no hope because it's Christ in you that's the hope of glory. 
But this is the judgment that God himself passes upon man. So if you're still under the illusion that you're basically good and you just need a little help, I'm here to say to you with all the love I can, you're deceived. And the awakening that's coming to his church is first and foremost an awakening to us to come up out of the slumber and the sleep and the lullaby-induced coma that we have been in because we were put to sleep in our goodness. Don't make me start singing lullaby and good night. You're doing good. You're okay. It's all right. Don't be too worried. Right? I'm here to say to you, awake, O sleeper. Awake. This is what God has said, my friends, in Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. And you, he made alive when you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sins, in which at one time you walked habitually. You were following the course and fashion of this world, were under the sway of the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. Among these, we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by our corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, which were our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginings. We were then by nature children of God's wrath and heirs of his indignation like the rest of mankind. Now it goes on again with some very good news after that because it starts out in verse 4 with the two words of but God. Some of the most glorious words ever spoken, uh, but God. But we will get to that later. Because if we don't come into agreement with God about his judgment upon the old man, the nature that we're born with, if we don't come into agreement with him about the specifics of that nature, which is the flesh, which is the behavior, the thinking, all of that that goes along with that nature, that is an expression of that old nature, if we don't come into agreement with him about his judgment upon it, then we cannot come into agreement with him about his solution for it. Therefore, we will hobble along or we will swag around in stupidity and deception and we won't even know that's what's happening. So, I think that's probably enough for today, don't you? <laughs> right? Because, my friends, the times don't cause the trouble. The trouble was already in man. And we have to come to agree with God about that if we're going to be made ready in this hour of history. It is time for us to come into fresh agreement with God. It is time for us to step into the fresh and the new that he has brought forth in Christ and in Christ only. When we think that we can fix our problem, you know, this is why God had to get Adam and Eve out of the garden once they had rejected being sons to him because they wanted to be God, not sons to God. They wanted to be God. And that was the decision that they went with. And at the end of Genesis 3, God says, we're going to have to get them out of the garden because they think now that they're God and they're going to be trying to fix their own problem. They're just going to walk over to the tree of life and think they can just handle it. He said, oh, no, we can't have that. So we've got to get them out of the garden, and we, the Godhead, we are going to have to guard the way back to the tree of life. 
My friends, I declare today to you that the only solution is the eternally fresh, powerful, flaming fire of the cross of Jesus Christ to absolutely restore men, mankind, back to God. This is our greatest trauma, is that we are living separate from Him, and therefore we're in a high state of trauma. The more well-adjusted you are, the more traumatized you are, because you have adjusted well to living separate from Him. And we can't, by, by our own selves, we can't see how far off the mark we are until Holy Spirit comes to reveal it to us. So, my friends, listen to me carefully. Man has always been a lover of himself. Man has always uh, preferred anything that he can get for himself. He has always preferred that over God. Because the issue comes down to is I prefer myself over God and whatever self wants. Be that sensual pleasure. Now, maybe later on, we'll talk about the fact that the very next verses in Second Timothy start talking about stupid women, Lord Jesus. But there again, let's not make it a gender issue. Let's just say all mankind is stupid when we continue to always be seeking information but never coming to a deliverance. Always seeking like silly people, seeking something other than God himself. We don't mind God giving us something, but we don't want God and his way of life. No, no, no. We just want God to give to us. So therefore, we're open to every shyster and imposter that comes in. But I got to stop, okay? (laughs) Because we can only take so much in a day, right? But I'm going to speak some things out of 2 Timothy And I just want to provoke you to understand that I may have shared previously the specifics of sonship. I may have shared the, you know, I identify as a son. I I share episodes on the fresh, the fresh. My friends, it's all really one message, isn't it? Under the big tent of God's presence. Tent talk is the talk of the Father to the sons. It's what we speak and encourage each other with. It's where we can begin to have connection that causes us to begin to embrace what it is that we're doing. Now, this is going out on Friday, uh, May 13th, uh, and on Tuesday, May 17th, I'm doing a live on my Facebook group, The Producer's Way, And I'm doing it at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time called Pursuit and Permission. My friends, what are you in the pursuit of? I pray that you're pursuing real, true discipleship and that you're giving permission to somebody to speak into your life that knows what they're talking about because they themselves have had to uh, enter in for themselves. And it is important. It is important who you listen to in these days. It's important who you draw from. It's important who you follow. It's important, my friends, because you are important to him, to the Father. So I hope you'll join me Tuesday, May 17th at the Producers Way free Facebook group. If you're not a member yet, just click and join. There's no cost or anything. Everything on it is free. And we will get together for a live event on Tuesday Uh, And it's called Pursuit and Permission. And I hope you'll be with me because it's important, the decisions that you make. And I just realized that I misspoke on here. I am recording this on Friday, (laughs) Friday, May 13th, but it's going to be posted on Monday, 
May 16th. So when you listen to this for the first time, uh, the very next day, May 17th, is when that live event is. So please forgive me for that. And I don't like to have my assistant have to do too much editing. So we just talk and stream here and, <laughs> and then we just correct ourselves. So stay with us here on Tent Talk, my friends. And I pray that uh, these episodes together are always going to be encouraging you to go deeper with God in your own provoking and personal process of real, true discipleship. Oh, how we need it, my friends. So thank you for being here with me on Tent Talk this Monday, May 16th. And I pray that you'll come and join me over on my free Facebook group, The Producer's Way, for our free event on Tuesday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, May 17th, Pursuit and Permission. I will see you in the future, my friends, I hope, and we'll certainly be talking again. Love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.